Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of the Strange Catholics Podcast and the Strange Catholics Show. We're all back together this week. Bob will have his first segment. Thank you, Bob, for that. And we're going to talk about Mary, why we pray to Mary, why Mary is so important, May being the month of Mary. Our saint this week is St. Philip Neri. To begin with prayer, let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to please pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Let the Holy Spirit guide our words. Let it lead us to the message you long for us to bring. Help all those that hear this to have open hearts, to sit and rest with the things that we say. We ask your blessing upon this time for all the prayers that we hold in our hearts. We pray all these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bob, for that first cup of coffee, I'm going to turn it over to Bob, who's in our Washington studio on location. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. As you know, I do a lot of traveling over the last couple of weeks. I, I happen to be in Washington right now, but I was in Sioux Falls and in Minnesota. We did get a chance. Well, at least a couple of us got a chance to see each other and catch up. But uh, in this week's segment, or the the most recent segment of Check Out This Church, I'm going to sp- spotlight St. Therese Catholic Church of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which I attended Mass at last Sunday night for Ascension, the Ascension of the Lord. And, and it's a wonderful, nice, not too big, um, newer church on a hill in a just a totally residential area. Um, the only Sunday night service in the Sioux Falls area. There wasn't a whole lot of people there, maybe 60 people, but uh, it probably seats 100, maybe 150. It's just not a very big sanctuary at all. Very small. Wow. Um, Father Odell, uh, who's the, maybe he is the priest there the pastor there, he was uh, presiding. Uh, he did an outstanding job, had an outstanding homily, but he's a, a little bit more of a traditionalist, an older gentleman, but did a, did a wonderful job. Um, there were some interesting things. I mean, it's not something that's probably happens other places. They had two mass servers, right? They had uh, a, a younger person, maybe elementary school. And then they had a high school student, which you see sometimes this matchup, right? Yep. Well, the high, sc- the high school student read the first and the second reading. 
with the Albon, with the cross on, and maybe somebody didn't show up. Maybe that's what it was. I, I right. just thought it was interesting. Usually you get somebody else from the crowd, but yeah. Um, and- Interesting. You know, he did a great job. He did. He, he was like he was had done it before. He was a pro at it. So it's a like I said, it's a pretty uh, a new new church. Um, th- there was a great homily about A plus B uh, doesn't always equal C or it should equal C. And he talked more about order and stuff in the world. And it was a it was a wonderful homily. And it was kind of fighting this secular. Uh, pagan world resistance. I mean, it was it's stuff that we talk about all the time about how our culture is de- started to degrade and stuff like that. They did have holy water, so you could bless yourself awesome. when you came Praise in. God, right? I mean, so yeah. nice. And then nice when feature. they did when they did communion, the interesting thing about the communion they did, they had uh, the priest did not uh, did not distribute communion. They had two, they had three. Uh, three extraordinary ministers to do communion. One of them was the altar server, the high school student who said, if you want it on the tongue, you got to go to that line. Then they had two other high school students that came and you just stood up at your pew and and they came by. So I haven't experienced that much in the churches I've been to during COVID, but it was very convenient, you know? And, And so it was really a wonderful feel in there. I mean, it's very new church. Father Odile did an outstanding job. Um, we'll give you a link if you want to go to St. Therese, especially if you're, if you're somebody who wants to go in the evening on Sunday evening, pretty late on Sunday evening, seven o'clock at night. Uh, you're not going to find much later than that. I mean, there's a few cathedrals I've seen from time to time on Sunday nights that get later, but, uh, most time not past five or six o'clock at night. So, uh, it's just, it was a, it was a nice church and a wonderful place. So. And that's check out this church. Anybody got any feedback on that? Have they been to Sioux Falls? Have they been to Mass down there in the Sioux Falls Diocese? I have not myself, but it sounds like a very unique and interesting way to approach communion, the way that they did that, where instead of you as the congregant going to them, they come to you. Um, A little bit different, kind of a, uh, I'm sure a... uh, bit of a unique approach for you, huh, Bob? And it might be COVID-related. You know, maybe you just have lines, typically. Um, and if you don't have, have that many parishioners, you know, maybe you can do that. I mean, obviously, in a lot of the churches that we attend, there's way too many people, and you can't do that. Sure. Well, or, or it would get to be very cumbersome to try to, you know, get in between people to get in in and out of the pews if you're bringing it to them. Right. I mean, they are associated with a school. There wasn't a school. It's called uh, St. Lambert School. Uh, that school didn't seem like it was attached or right there on the property, but it must be close. So just, you know, it's just a nice little brand new church in the middle of a totally residential area, right? Totally residential area, which... It just had a really nice feel to it there. Yeah, thanks. For, right. I, it is a very. Can you give me a little bit of like a mind's eye picture of what it looked like inside that parish? A lot of newer churches. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's. There's nothing really extraordinary about coming in the uh, the the church itself versus 
St. Mary's in, I think it's St. Mary's, isn't it? St. Mary's in Melrose, which I went to on Monday, did a tour of that where they took some old um, pieces of the, the burned out church. And, and they have this, just this very demonstrative, large, open vaulted, you know, entry, you know, and get to the gathering space and so on. Yep. Right. Which is just, it's so pronounced. You can see it from a long ways away when you're driving up. It's, it's very, very noticeable. That wasn't so noticeable. The church just, you know, it was very unassuming. And then if, you know, to the left was the offices and to the right was the, was to was the sanctuary and it just wasn't really that large i mean and it's pretty standard what you see in some of the newer sanctuaries but it it could almost have been a chapel that's how small it was okay so yeah that is 150 isn't that many and with covid were they doing like every other row every other pew or yeah i believe they were there's still a lot of places are doing that yep in our diocese, we will be able to have holy water starting this weekend. So that's big news. Yeah, that's wonderful. The fonts are filling back Praise up. be to God. And the stoops. I, I'd never heard of the term stoop before for the smaller holy water fonts that are placed around the church. Apparently those are called stoops. Mm. We got that. a name for everything. No, I okay. did not know that. I didn't know that. Totally Greek to but, me. But we have a name or a prayer or a, what do we say when we do something for everything that we don't even, some of those things we don't even know. Can always learn. Never too that's, much to learn. That's right. That's right. Especially about okay. our great Catholic faith, right? Right. So that's that's it for this week's Check Out This Church, live from the nation's capital, Bob Wolfquist. Strange Catholics. Back to you. Thank you, Bob. Really appreciate that update from the nation's capital, from our Washington office studio. Try and get that right one of these times. All right. So apparently I talked to Terry about this, although I don't really remember having this conversation, but we're going to cover Mary. Why is Mary so important? Why do we pray to Mary? I think we kind of covered this a little bit in our uh why do we ask saints to pray for us episode we maybe touched on it a little bit i probably said something that i would cover something to this effect and i probably totally forgot so okay so we're going to talk about prayer so we have two in the english language we only have the word prayer right um we don't have another word for that so when we say pray for us as catholics that means both we're praying to God, so that's worship, and then we're praying, asking, inter- asking for intercession, right? So we have one word describing two different things, because English is as English does. It doesn't always have the right word to describe the action, right, where the heart is moving. So I wanted to start it out that way. So many people have the misconception that Catholics worship Mary. We only worship God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's it. That's all we do. But we do honor, right? And Mary received the highest honor. And I did look. There is an episode where we talked a little bit about this, so I'm going to link to that. But we didn't have quite the audience that we have now. So I'll go ahead and, you know, just link to it, see if anyone checks it out. Anyways, so why Mary? Well, because God chose Mary. 
God chose Mary to be unique in time to be saved, you know, at her conception to be saved from original sin so that she could be the new Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was that was that type. And then here we see that type coming into fulfillment in Mary because she is carrying within herself God himself. You know, she is the new tabernacle, as many church fathers will mention, right? That's a powerful, when you kind of wrap your head around that tabernacle, we hear that all the way back in the Old Testament, hear about um, how to build the proper tabernacle and the measurements for it and all this. Now Mary is the living tabernacle holding Christ within her. And why? St. Elizabeth says, you know, blessed are you among women. Because there isn't another word to describe like you are the highest of women or anything. There isn't kind of that, that there aren't those adjectives at that time in Hebrew. So in Aramaic Hebrew, there just aren't those kind of adjectives to describe. She knew that Mary was someone super special to try and use English words if we could, right? We're kind of lacking in our way to describe this great power of God in preserving Mary from original sin so that she could be this unblemished tabernacle for our Lord to dwell in for nine months. So then when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, St. John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb at the presence. It just the sound of Mary's voice. He already knows that he is in the presence of God. And many church fathers would say that this is when St. John the Baptist is now saved from sin. So it's in utero that he's now saved from sin because of this encounter with God. So why do we hold Mary? Why do we have these statues of Mary? What, are the, what is the purpose of all this? Right? Why do we do all this? Well, it's because just like we have family photos of our loved ones, we hold Mary with the highest honor. Another way to describe this would be hyperdulia. So we hold her in the highest honor of all those that have gone before us that are human beings, Jesus Christ being fully God, fully man. He is God, so we worship him. We don't just honor him, but we worship him. But for one that we're going to give honor, Mary gets the highest honor because she accepted that request from God. Eve was given the option and broke it, just like Adam. Here we have Mary being the new Eve and Jesus being the new Adam. So when we open that up a little bit and kind of dwell into, okay, if Mary's the new Eve, Jesus is the new Adam, as St. Paul tells us, what does that mean for us? Now we have a whole new creation. We have something ordered in a new way because God became man. And Mary being the mother of God, we'll probably, we kind of covered this in a previous episode, but Mary being the Theotokos, as it is in Greek, the mother of God, isn't about Mary. It's actually about God being fully God and fully man. But God chose Mary. Mary said yes. And in Mary's yes, that's when we get that fiat, that magnificat, right? That beautiful prayer. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So if you listen to that Magnificat, which we will include a link to, you'll see how she is honoring God in every one of those stanzas that she's saying. She's saying, he, he, he. She's lifting up all of our attention, our prayers, everything to God. 
So in the Old Testament, whenever you have a king, we recognize Christ as our king. Because I think I, I already mentioned Mary is the queen. So here's the explanation for that. Jesus is the king. We recognize him as the king, king of the universe, king of everything, right? In the Old Testament, there was always the queen mother. Mary is the queen mother. So she can bring those requests from the people to the king. You know, we can just think of that, that there is no way that we can love Mary more than Jesus does. No way. There's, it's not possible. Jesus' love is perfect. We aren't there yet. We're going to strive for it in our divinization, right? Our being called into that unity with Christ all the way into the eternal life. There's so much more we could say about Mary. But the reason why we have these things is because Mary helps lead us to Christ. We're trying to work out an interview to talk more again. We talked in October about the rosary because that's the month of the rosary. If we can try to fit another episode in this month on the rosary, we will. If we can get some guests, I'm trying to get. But that's why we do these things is to meditate on the life of Christ asking Mary to bring our prayers before Christ. And we read in the book of Revelations that the saints would bring the petitions, as we mentioned in our episode just a few weeks ago, the saints would bring those petitions. So how much more does Christ listen to those petitions from Mary? She is the queen of heaven. So if only I pray that all of you are going to watch this YouTube. Bob's eating a, a branded item that I will not mention. Uh, and he's uh, rotating his backgrounds, and it uh, could be quite humorous. Terry, comments, save me, because Bob is really trying to distract me. <laughs> as only Bob can. Having Mary as that powerful prayer intercess intercessor um, for me is nurturing and so comforting. And so Amen. just like if you've ever had a, a grandmother that just loved their grandkids with every fiber of their being, that would be Mary as the mother of Jesus times a million, you know? I mean, it, it it's indescribable, but entering into that prayer, into into the rosary, and having Mary there kind of walking with you, in, in my opinion, um, you know, really is such a peaceful, calming presence that it's very palpable when you can get to um, that great place of prayer with Mary. So, and I know that I've talked about this before on other podcasts. I had um, a, a grandmother, uh, my mom's mom, wonderful lady, loving, loving, great Irish, strong Irish woman who had an immense devotion to the rosary. If she wasn't cooking or doing dishes, she did have, every time I saw her, had a rosary in her hand. She was, she was always praying the rosary. You know, and think of it this way, too, folks. Um, you know, Mary, as the mother of Jesus, we, as the children of God, go to our mother to ask for things the way a child would 
a human child would go to their mother to ask for anything, any need that they needed to be satisfied. For me, that's part of the reason why we go to Mary as our great prayer intercessor, because we really need her help and that little extra nudge as only a good Jewish mom, and I'm not saying anything negative about uh, the people, our brothers and sisters of the Jewish faith, but that good Jewish mom to kind of nudge her son and say, you need to do this. Just like That's at the wedding I, at Cana, right? Just like at the wedding at Cana. Okay. And again, I, I think, so now, Bob, that you, you've jumped in I the airplane and you've uh, gone to Pearl Harbor. I do. I'm at Pearl Harbor right now. I love Mary. I mean, Mary, I mean, you don't, you don't really have to go past the fact that she's Jesus's mother. I mean, past that, I mean, what do you, what do you need to go past with that? And one qualification I like to throw out there, because there will be a lot of people that will say she can be Jesus's mother, but not the mother of God, right? That was part of the, uh, so you know, just recognizing that she is, that was a clarification I gave at the beginning, but just recognizing right. that because she is Jesus's mother, she then is the mother of God, you know, just helping give clarity to our audience. Well, I, and for, for us humans who don't understand God and they're not capable of completely understanding that, right. As way above our pay grade, far be it from us to be some people who go, well, she's not the mother of God, to somehow now make it complicated when it when it's really not that complicated, putting it in a human context. She was chosen. She had Jesus. She's the mother of God. Therefore, she's a very special individual that we have incredible reverence for, and we ask her for favors every once in a while. You know, it's it's really that simple. Hopefully daily, right? Right. Right? Yeah, no, daily. Absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've preached on, I know at Especially least a couple of times. <laughs> exactly. You know, really, right? I mean, Hail Mary, yeah. you know, if somebody dies. You know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, how powerful her yes was and how her yes changed all of salvation history. No, that's right. a beautiful point. Thank you, Terry. Time for us to take a break. Live here from Pearl Harbor, and we'll be right back right after this with Saint Spotlight. We're back. I'm on location here in Pearl Harbor, and Terry is back at the mothership, and he's ready for Saint Spotlight. Take it away, Terry. Thank you, Bob. Live from Pearl Harbor. Appreciate that. I hope uh, the weather's beautiful there. Our Saint Spotlight this week shines on Saint Philip Neri. His feast day is May the 26th. He is the patron saint of humor, joy, Gravina, Italy, the Archdiocese of Manfredonia, Vieste, San Giovanni Rotondo, Italy, Rome, Italy, Venice, Italy, and the United States Army Special Forces. Philip Neary was a sign of contradiction combining popularity with piety against the background of a corrupt Rome and a disinterested clergy. Philip was born in Florence on July 21st, 1515, 
the son of Francesco de Neri, a lawyer, and his wife, Lucrezia de Mascano, whose family were nobility in the service of the state. He was carefully brought up and received his early teaching from the friars at San Marco, the famous Dominican monastery in Florence. From a very young age, Philip was known for being cheerful and obedient. He was affectionately referred to as Good Little Phil, kind of like my counterpart on the podcast. At the age of 18, Philip was sent to his uncle, Romolo, a wealthy merchant at San Germano, now Casino, a then Neapolitan town near the base of Monte Casino, to assist him in his business and with the hope that he might inherit his uncle's fortune. He gained his uncle's confidence and affection, but soon after coming to San Germano, Philip experienced a mystical vision, which he eventually spoke of as his Christian conversion. This event was an encounter with the Lord, and it dramatically changed his life. He soon lost interest in owning property or participating in business. He felt a call from the Holy Spirit to radically live for and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. So Philip decided in 1533 to live in Rome without money or plan, trusting entirely in God's providence. In 1548, with the help of his confessor, Father Perziano Rosa, Philip founded a co-fraternity for the poor layman to meet for spiritual exercises and service of the poor, the co-fraternity of the Most Holy Trinity. At 34 years old, Philip had already accomplished so much, but his confessor was determined that his work would be more effective as a priest. Finally convinced, Philip was ordained to the diaconate and then to the priesthood on May 23, 1551. Before sunup until sundown, Philip spent hours sitting and listening to people of all ages. Sometimes Philip broke out in formal discussions for those who desired to live a better life. He spoke to them about Jesus, the saints, and the martyrs. A large room was built above the church of San Giromalo to tend to Philip's growing number of pilgrims and other priests were called in to assist him in his efforts. Philip and the priests were soon called the oratorians because they would ring a bell to call their faithful in their oratory. The foundation of the congregation of the priests of the oratory would be laid a few years later with members who encouraged others to deepen their faith. Philip's rule for them was simple, share a common table and to perform spiritual exercises. Philip did not want his followers to bind themselves to the life with a vow, and he did not want them to denounce their property. Philip's organization was officially approved by Pope Gregory VIII in 1575. The congregation was given an ancient church, but Philip made the quick decision to demolish it because the structure was in ruins and the size was not large enough. 
He had plans of rebuilding on a larger scale. By April of 1577, a new church was completed enough for the congregation of the oratory to be transferred there. But Philip stayed at San Giramalo for another seven years. Philip was respected and loved all throughout Rome. He became a trusted advisor to popes, kings, and cardinals, and equally as important to the poor. He wholeheartedly desired to desire the reform of the Catholic Church and worked toward that with a sense of gentleness and friendship rather than criticism and harshness. His efforts to reach out to the lay people of Rome and not simply associate with the clergy made him one of the great figures in the counter-reformation of the Catholic Church. Sadly, the Catholic Church had fallen into clericalism. He soon earned the title Apostle of Rome. On the Feast of Corpus Christi in May of 1595, Philip was told by his physician that he was not at all healthy. He had not looked well for at least the last 10 years. Philip realized his time had come to pass on to the Lord. For the remainder of the day, he listened to confessions and saw his visitors as normal. Before heading off to bed, Philip stated, Last of all, we must die. Around midnight on May 26, 1595, Philip suffered from a hemorrhage and passed away at 80 years old. St. Philip Neri was beatified by Pope Paul V on May 11, 1615, and canonized by Pope Gregory the 15th on March 12, 1622. St. Philip Neri, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. <laughs> I'll just edit that saint. in. Yes, he is. That's fine. That's fine. I've now moved locations, but yes. Um, You're a jet setter all over the world today, Bob. Downtown Honolulu. So there's this beautiful prayer over the gifts or on this feast of St. Philip Neri that I wanted to read because I think it speaks well to his devotion to our Lord and to the Eucharist. Be pleased, O Lord, by the sacrifice we lay before you. May the Holy Spirit kindle in us the same divine flame that pierced the heart of blessed Philip through Jesus Christ. I just, especially with... Uh, Pentecost coming up. I just thought that prayer was a beautiful prayer coming up. It speaks to St. Philip Neri's heart to, you know, we also know him as St. Philip the Confessor, as uh, Terry mentioned. So, you know, he has this great heart to hear, right? And I think we all need to open our ears a little bit more to hear each other. Beautiful prayer, Phil. Thank you for bringing that. And thanks, Terry, for bringing us that saint. It's now that time of the broadcast, folks, when you get a chance to express yourself. You get to confess to us your love of this podcast. That means you can go on whatever podcast platform that you uh, reach us. It's uh, it's either, you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. I could keep going on and on. There's so many of them. Or if you get if you get the podcast on Anchor, what's the other one, Phil, we're on now? Yeah, the pod beam is another yeah, one. Amazon, right. you can listen to us through your smart speaker. Right. We're, so I mean, we're you're, just you're gonna so global, everywhere. right? Yes. We're global. We're here global. in Hawaii like I am now. We're everywhere. And uh, 
So we want you to, to, to confess, come back to us and give us some feedback. And, and you can do that through the platform that you listen to us on. You can. Uh, five stars minimum. Oh, five stars. OK. Uh, maybe you said I have like five seconds left, um, <laughs> which I would understand, I guess, four, three, two, one, I'm done. Um, what I would say is, yeah, five stars we prefer because that helps other people find us and, and just increases our global reach, which is already we have tentacles on most continents already. Please do that. And please tell us what you what you need, what you want us to pray for. OK, we're here to pray for you, with you, about you. We're here to do that. Um, also, please give us some honest feedback. Give us some topics you want us to cover. We love all that information from from our wonderful uh, listening audience. Indeed. Something say? Okay, but the best place to leave us a message is here. StrangeCatholicsPod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. And if you'd like to see all these beautiful backgrounds that Bob has been changing throughout <laughs> the show, you can find a link to our YouTube channel in the show description. All right. That's comes time for final prayer. Take it away, Terry. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. And brothers, let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious and heavenly Father, we just come with hearts filled with joy. After our time together with the brothers today, with our podcast listeners, thank you so much for filling us up and making us just full of life, full of love, and the countless blessings you bestow on us. God, we know that uh, we are a blessed and a broken people and that we need to turn our eyes to you. And right now, there are few intentions that we need to lift up in prayer. One is for protection of life from conception to death. For all those who are preparing for marriage, may the Holy Spirit open their hearts to the love of God as the center of their married lives. For those who are pregnant or are looking to become pregnant, may Jesus, the divine physician, protect those vessels of life and their babies. For all those who are suffering from COVID-19 or any illness, physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally, for uh, those who are recently diagnosed for with COVID-19. May the Holy Spirit bring them light, healing, and hope. For all world leaders that they advocate for peace, especially with the ceasefire today in Israel. And for my son's friend, Andy, that Jesus, the divine physician, bring him back to full health. Heavenly Father, we've just pray now that uh, we let these intentions go from our lips to your heart and they be fulfilled for your grace and for your beauty. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thanks everyone for listening. Look forward to having you on the podcast next week and you can see where I'm at. Maybe back from Hawaii, maybe you'll be somewhere else. But until then, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation. 
and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day and may God bless you.